Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio on the airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who met Taylor Hall seven years ago. Oh my god. That's all I got. (laughs) Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. Yep. Seven years ago. Right? Like, how? How did that happen? I also think the word met is We're just going to roll. It's doing a lot of work there. I understand. A lot of heavy lifting. It's not as accurate as one would hope it would be. No, Um, but it was still a great day. I... Here are my memories about that day. Freezing cold toes. It was very cold. That's right. We stood outside for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Waiting to get into the building. And I remember thinking, this can't be worth it. (laughs) (laughs) But it was. But it was. It was. I remember very distinctly when we got his autograph, you were in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I remember you, like, could not make eye contact. Nope. And then you, like, turned away from the table, like, head down, and just, you had, like, the biggest smile on your face, but it was, like, head down, like, I'm going to melt into the floor right now. Yeah. It was a big day. It was a big... I'm trying to think, who else did we see that day? We... Drysidal? Drysidal and Ference? Oh, I have my shirt. Hang on. My t-shirt that I got. Yeah, Drysidal, Ference, and... I don't defend- know if I can another make defenseman? sense of any of these autographs, but I do have the t-shirt that I got autographed. Within reach? Yeah, it's in my office. Oh. Um, Andrew Ferentz. Fucking Andrew Ferentz. Um, I don't know. Eric Griba. Oh, Griba. Right. Um, no, whoever was number 26 at the time. Um, one that I legitimately cannot read. Oh, that must be dry saddle. And then whoever was number 19 at the time, Justin Schultz, maybe? Yes, Schultz. That's Because wasn't that in the middle of his, like, really bad season and people were, like, he was with someone else and people were, like, getting the other person's autograph and not his? Yes, I do remember that. I I think that was the table with the dry saddle. Like, people were skipping Schultz. It might have been. It might have been. I felt bad for him. That was kind of shitty. Yeah, it was super shitty. Yeah. But... I mean, when you have two players at a table, you're going to get some preferences. It's true, but, like, people actively just, like, walking past him. I was like, oh, he might be playing bad, but he doesn't deserve this. Uh, 20... 27... 16. 6? No. Yeah, because the trade was in June of 2016. Fuck me. Okay, I'm Uh, trying to find the roster. Okay, hockey DB. As you guys can tell... so hard not to burp. We planned this, like, big time. I have no idea what we're doing today. Wait, what was the number? Um, 19, 62 is Graba. 19, I'm pretty sure it's Justin Schultz. Mm-hmm. Trying to look, I don't Or maybe, see. or 26. There's a 26 that I can't read either. Maybe that's him. 26 sure. is Pekka Reinen. Okay. Sure. Uh, Forgot that he existed. 19 is Pat Maroon. Oh, there's no possible way. I did not get Pat Maroon's autograph. 
Oh, this is 2016, 2017. No, it's that's be incorrect. 15, 16. There we go. Oh. I was like, there's no way Yessie was on the. Why didn't <laughs> I go straight to Yessie if I was there? Are you shitting me? Okay. <laughs> Let's try this again. We've got. 62 is Eric Griba. Mm hmm. And then what? Sorry. 26? 26 is Eero Pecorino. Okay, Pe and 19. Pecorino. 19 is Justin Schultz, yes. Okay. Yeah, so that was a good day. We had a fun day. We had a fun day. It was a fun day that I'm glad I spent with you, Megan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was good. Um, who knew that six months later, our uh, <laughs> worlds would have been torn apart. But anyway. But anyway, uh, do you want to hear Taylor Hall's stats for that year? Um, was that the year that he scored 80 points? No, it's oh. only 65. Only so, Oh, that's right. He missed some games. That's right. Yes, he missed some games. But was he the highest points on the roster? He sure was. Absolutely he was. Oh, what a time. Hey, did you know that he plays in Boston now and the Boston Bruins have won 29 games? Oh, really? Yeah, they're Good fucking amazing this year. Good for them. Did they figure out their um, <laughs> defense issues? Yeah, they seem to have got their lives sorted out. Um, at one point in time, when we were doing our hockey podcast, <laughs> we were like talking about something, and Steve was like, "Any like around the league stories you'd like to address?" And I was like, "Yeah, can we talk about how the Boston Bruins are like nineteen four and one?" Oh shit! Yeah, they've they've been very good, very very good this year. Good for them. How's mm -hmm. the <laughs> This is a question that always sucks to ask, but how's the conference, though? <laughs> you know? Like, is it is it's it one of those good. super lopsided situations um, where the West question. is super strong and the East sucks again? Oh, no, the the West is hot garbage. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I'm going to look it up right now. The West is, I mean, of the two, the West is definitely uh, the garbage conference. For sure, for sure. What's happening with the Oilers? Um, they are right now uh, in Seattle playing the Kraken. It's 2-1. Oh, shit. They're the best team in the league, Megan. The Boston Bruins? They sure are. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. By like, How's my guy? How's by my like guy? By, like, a significant margin, too. Yes. Eight points. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's pretty large. Um, that's pretty large. Yeah. It's been... It's good. It's, uh, it's been good. Um, the Oilers are doing what the Oilers are doing. Um, I'm not sure where they sit, because I am literally not paying attention. Oh, as of right this moment, they are, um, in the second wildcard spot in the West. Nice. Yeah. See, my guy's sitting at 28 points. That's perfect. Plus 10, that's where you want to be. He's been having a phenomenally great season. Very quiet, very, you know, like, yeah. things are fine. And he's scoring, He for a while there, he had um, more goals than assists, which is not like him. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, David Pasternak is, like, scoring all of the goals. But, no, they've been they've been great. They've been uh, playing really, really well. Um, and they've, yeah, they're... 29 to 4 and 4. So since they were 19 4 and 1, they have lost 3 games in overtime and won 10 games. That's fantastic. Was Pavel Zaka on the Devils when he was? Yeah, he was there, yes. I believe so. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of familiar names on this roster. Yep. 
Anyway, there's our there's our detour into hockey for this non sports sports podcast. Now we're gonna fucking yell about books for an hour. <laughs> Buckle up. Um. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. So, I sent Kelsey this thing. Earlier, yeah, you need and, to lay the groundwork here. <laughs> and I just said, um, I want to talk about books, reading lists, because of this. So this guy, uh, we're not going to like retweet anything about him because he doesn't actually deserve any more uh, attention, but we're going to talk about him for a long time anyway. Uh, his name is Lex Friedman, and he tweets this. I'm reading a book a week in 2023. Classic sci-fi, nonfiction, or anything people highly recommend. I'll keep adjusting the list. Start on Monday, done by Sunday. Might make low-key videos of takeaways. If you want to read along, the current list is here. So, this week... This fucking sucks, y'all. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. So this week, he's going to read 1984 by George Orwell, which is fine, whatever. It's fine. Book. Fine. Fine book to read. I imagine, based on everything I've read from this guy, that he won't understand the allegory, but that's okay. Um, no, there's a lot that I think this guy isn't going to understand. But I'm just this gonna, whole list. I'm just going to read through some titles. Sure. Uh, some titles and authors. And I want to, before I read this, I want to say that I don't actually think that there's a bad book on this list. I do. Like, <laughs> there's a couple that, like, I don't think belong in this list with other, like, there's, like, Fight Club can absolutely fuck right off. But, like, yeah. Dostoevsky's a fine writer. You know? Shouldn't have two a fine writer. Here. Probably not. Two on here. No, no, and if you're gonna read one of the Dostoevsky books, it should be The Idiot. Um, that's well, that's at the bottom of his list. Yeah. So anyway, um, George Orwell. Uh, he's gonna read 1984 next week. He's gonna do Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams, which again is a fine book. Brave New World, fine. Uh, the Stranger by Camus, sure, fine. Here's where I start to have. <laughs> And the reason I start to have questions, um, there's a big jump in, like, tone and purpose and whatever uh, between The Stranger and Meditations from Marcus Aurelius. Mm-hmm. I got questions about that one. Uh, and then big On the questions. Road by Jack Kerouac. Again, on its own, fine. It's not the best read, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Foundation by Isaac Asimov. I've never read anything by Isaac Asimov that I haven't liked, so I'm sure it's fine. I've not read this one, but I'm sure it's fine. And then we have The Art of War. Uh-huh. Which is, like, less about war <laughs> than you would think a book called The Art of War is about. Um, but, like, no. And then we have The Old Man and the Sea. <laughs> if you're gonna read a fucking Hemingway book, that's the one you're gonna pick? Like, Which I don't one love would Hemingway. you prefer? I don't love Hemingway, but, like, that's the one you're going to pick. I would just read A Farewell to Arms. Oh, okay. That's a good book. It's a good story. The Old Man in the Sea, not so much. And then we're going to read um, 2001, A Space Odyssey, which I've not read. The movie, I guess, is fine. I don't know. I'm not a huge sci-fi person. Then we're going to read Animal Farm, which, again, I don't know if he's going to get the allegory. Also, um... I think the only person that this dude follows on Twitter is, like, some Russian oligarch. So, anyway, I think that's funny. Uh, no, really? No, here's some stuff that I've, like, not... Oh, he's Russian-American. Okay. Yeah, here's some stuff that I've not read. I've not read Man's Search for Meaning uh, by Viktor Frankl, but I'm going to venture a guess and say that it's, like, a book. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I could venture a guess that it's a book? 
Yeah. End of thought? End of thought. It's a book. <laughs> I got I got nothing. I have nothing else about it. Um, okay. I think I've read Sapiens, and it's actually quite good. I've heard really good things about Sapiens. Yeah. If I was going to start a reading list, that's maybe where I'd start, to be honest. Yes. Very smart people that I respect read Sapiens when it came out before people were freaking out about it. Yes. And I would definitely start my list there. I totally agree with you. Based the on all, all, all the books that are on this list, if I was going to keep them on there, I would start with Sapiens. That's where yes. that's where I would go. Yes, 100%. Uh, followed by, then, then his next one, so we're into April now, uh, Metamorphosis uh, by Kafka. Um, like, why not just go with Ovid instead of Kafka, you know? Uh, and now we're going to have another, I don't know. Now we're going to have another uh, book by Camus. We're going to do The Plague, which... Why? Um, I don't know. The Stranger is really good. L'Etranger is so good. It's a very good book. I don't know why you'd want to read two. But you know? here... Okay, continue, because okay. here's where my complaints okay. really start to bubble over. But Then continue. he's going to read... I've never read The Player of Games. I don't know who Ian Banks is, so I... Sure, it's a book. Then we have Fight Club. And, like, Fight Club is just one of those things that I don't think anyone has to read. I don't think no. it's necessary reading for anybody, but this guy has very much positioned it as necessary reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he's going to read The Little Prince, which, again, great book. This is not a question of the quality of some of these. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't belong on this list. No. Nope. Not with all of these other things. For a whole pile of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's going to go from the, uh, Le Petit Prince to the Brothers Karamazov. Which, like, okay. And then he's going to read Siddhartha by Herman Hesse. And then he's going to read Dune by Frank Herbert, which, if I remember correctly, is about 8,000 pages long. Good yeah. luck reading it in a week. And then he's mm-hmm. going to read... On this list, this is halfway through the year, basically, or five months into the year, the first female author. Yeah. Mary Shelley. Frankenstein. Yep. Literally the 22nd week of the year. The first female author. And then and he's then got, looking at on this his list, website, he's got, he's got more on his website. Yeah, I've got it open now. Do you want okay. me to read it? Yeah, did you see that he's got the yellow wallpaper on there? That's a fucking <laughs> story. Like, I... absolutely eat my ass. Burst out laughing. <laughs> also, Burst out laughing. Also, I don't think he'll get it. No, I don't think so either. Okay. But I think he was like, what's a famous women book? What's a book about women? And then, of course, he's got fucking Ayn Rand on here twice. Fuck's sakes. Um, okay, so he's got The Dead by James Joyce. Okay. If you're Do you gonna... have opinions about that? I, the Dead is, a, is fine, but if you're going to... if Based on the other things that are on this list, mm-hmm. why would you pick The Dead by James Joyce? Why wouldn't you just, like, lean into the pretension and put Ulysses on the list? Totally. You That's know? what I don't understand about this book, about this list, is it is the most wackest, pretentious, incel list of required reading materials that I've ever seen. Which is mm-hmm. not to mean that these books turn you into incels, but I think this is what incels believe are good books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Mm-hmm. And it, like I said, as a collection, this is a bad collection. Yes. As individuals, there's some really, really, really good books on this list. Fantastic books on this the list. The Giver by Lois Lowry. Great. Fantastic. Bro should have probably read it in grade four, like the rest of us, but like... yeah. You know, here we are. But that's the thing. Like, 
I don't want to read every single book on this list out to our one listener, but <laughs> hi, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Mike. Hi, Amanda. Maybe um, you're still Mrs. Griba in my phone, by the way. Um, <laughs> what really ticks me off is that there's five women on this potential list. There's, I think, just guessing by names, because some of these authors I don't know, there's about five or six people of color. Mm -hmm. And pretty much everybody else, Caucasian, male. Yeah. And then there's very few books from this century, but he decided to include 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. (sighs) Yes. He sure did. Just weeks after reading, potentially, The Diary of a Young Girl by Anne Frank. Yeah. Yeah. To have those two names in a list together Mm -hmm. is, frankly, sinful. If we look at the the list, the sort of the second part of the list that that he hasn't scheduled and just assume that he's going to read them in this order, to have... It's insane. The Giver, followed by Machiavelli's The Prince, (laughs) is quite possibly the most unhinged thing I've seen. Also, why the fuck are you reading Machiavelli? Why the fuck are you reading Marcus Aurelius? What are you going to learn? Marcus, I had to look this up, what Meditations was, was about. And it's pretty much inspirational journals to himself to hype him up between battles. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are you, I think you're some AI technology researcher, going to learn mm-hmm. about today's modern world and artificial intelligence by Marcus fucking Aurelius, who barely had running water? <laughs> oh, man, like, that's funny. Some of these books are good. Some of these books are famous. Most of these books are not relevant to good books now. Mm-hmm. And like <clears throat> the other observation that I made is that there's an awful lot of these that have been turned into films, which is fine. Yes. yes. I don't have an issue with this. However, I don't know if I believe that this man is going to read all these books. There's enough Especially of them. the front-loaded stuff. Yeah. Like the front-loaded There's enough stuff of them is film, that film, 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 into film, films film. Yeah. That he can watch the film and pretend. Mm-hmm. And so, like, this turned into, like, a whole big thing. There's people that are very angry about it. And, like, rightly so, because this is an awful list. <laughs> so I was talking to my friend Steve yesterday about this whole nonsense, or maybe it was the day before, uh, about this nonsense. And... What we got talking about is that when you compile a list, I made myself a goal to read a hundred books this year. I'm probably going to fail at it, but I'm going to read all the ones I haven't read yet that I own, which is approximately 60. Um, I've got some other ones that I stopped and started and then stopped again. So I'll finish those. That's about another 20. I could probably jam in another 20. I think it's like, it's legitimately achievable. I've already read two books. It's the third of January, whatever. Um, It's manageable. But I'm also not reading them for any kind of like clout or, hey, look at these great books that I read. I'm just reading yeah. them because I want to read them. 
Because you're setting a goal for yourself. Mm-hmm. To just like like I have the same goal. I've got a whole bunch of unread books on my shelf. And I love going to the bookstore and mm-hmm. picking out new books, but I'm not reading them, right? So like just like you, I'm trying to finish ones that I bought at one time, were lent to me one time, borrowed one time, wanted to do it, just not have had the follow through to do it. And <sighs> Here's and you thing. might record it somewhere. You might write down the books that you read or yes, whatever. Like, I know you took a picture for, and posted it and whatever. That's for me. That's just a little bit of accountability. Yep. Not a single one of those books is on this list. No. No. What is frustrating to me is that... It's just a bad list. <laughs> Like, honestly, so, we, we could so talk about this for an hour, but we could also talk about it for four minutes because it's such a bad list. It's such a bad list. And it's it's disappointing because I've read maybe, I don't know, a tenth, yeah, probably a tenth of the books on this list. Maybe a little less. Mm-hmm. Most of those I read in high school or university. Yeah. Or uh, middle school, right? Like, um the giver Mm -hmm. but that sucked like I didn't read as a mandatory reading the first book by a woman till university you know what I mean like it's messed up Mm -hmm. that there's only five women on this list I don't see a single woman of color no on this list no right but I see people who have been dead for 2,000 years on this list yes And sure as shit, I think there's something that I'm going to learn from a woman of color either today or from 100 years ago that's going to impact the world that we live in and the life that we live in right now a lot fucking more than Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And so I have to ask why. Like, to what end? Like, really, like, what is the purpose here? Yes, because that's why I say, like, this curated list creates incels. (laughs) Like, I don't think, for example, that, you know, Anne Frank's incredible book is going to, you know, encourage someone to be a bigot. But Mm -hmm. when it's back-to-back with some of the books on this list, it makes me think it's incredibly Mm tone-deaf and useless to include Anne Frank and the Diary of a Young Girl in the same list as as 12 Rules for Life by Jordan fucking Peterson. Mm. How dare you Mm. how dare you yep it it is it is astonishing it's truly astonishing mary shelley fuck yeah fuck yeah you're on this list hell yeah you're on this list get it girl great choice she's phenomenal phenomenal writer Um, phenomenal but like i was so i was looking at the actual tweet um, and then, like, looked at the quote tweets The on comments? It. Yeah, and so, well, not the replies, but, like, the quote tweets. Oh. And someone's like, every eighth grade student after searching, quote, best books to read ever. 
Yeah. And that's kind of what it feels like. What I, I screenshotted some of my favorite comments and there's a lot of very much like, good luck going through high school again. But the point of that comment, which I think is a bit glib, is that a lot of these novels were forced on us then and we've moved on, mm-hmm. you know, to bigger and better things. But a lot of people are really fucking mad <laughs> that he thinks he's going to read Brothers Karamazov in a week. Well, it's funny, Dune too, because he's got on his website, he's got a, bra- a Google sheet that's got the breakdown of, like, reading times and stuff. Yeah. And he, I think he estimates that that one's going to take him, like, 18 or 19 hours. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, are you sure? I don't think so. It's a long book. <laughs> Have I read that book? Yes. Did it take me four fucking ever, like every other piece of Russian literature that I've ever read? Yes. Yes. Because everybody, also, like... Anna it, Karenina is a better fucking book. But so is War whatever. and Peace. So is War and Peace, yes. So true. is The Idiot, which, like, would probably sum it all up. Um, Somebody here on the quote tweets said, Glad to see he's giving The Little Prince a whole week to digest before Brothers Karamazov the following week. And that was really <laughs> my thought, more than anything else. <laughs> But my one my favorite response was, you know they let women write books now, too? <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Somebody um, else said, every time I see one of these books to read lists, it is always dominated by white male authors. I am begging you to understand how mediocre they are and expand your repertoire. Oh, shit, dog. Shit, dog. To so in, true. I know. Sorry to in, to expand your repertoire to include any or everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait. But, yeah. Isn't the yellow wallpaper a short story? Sure is. I teach it in uh, grade twelve. Yeah. Why is it on this list? That's what I. That's what I don't understand. Like this list tonally is a fucking mess. Because it's so front-loaded with science fiction. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the yellow wallpaper. And is The Dead by James Joyce also a short story? Um, I can't remember. It says one hour to read. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I think it might be one of his, in his I think it's one of his novellas. Or like in, uh, let me double check. Give me a second. Um... No, it's just a short. Is it in Dubliners? It might be in Dubliners. Yeah, it is. It's the longest in it, but it's it's probably only about... It's a novella, pretty much. It could saying. be a novella, but, like, it's shorter than my master's thesis was, so, like, it's not that long. Right. Yeah. Yeah, let's fucking put your master's read <laughs> thesis on here. Is it on PDF somewhere? Ah, somewhere. You want to email it to But it's really um, interesting. Yeah, like, just the whole question of, like, reading and yeah the the thing is for the most part the books that he's chosen aren't bad books Mm -hmm. like he's not reading absolute hot garbage he's not like i'm gonna read a book a week and they're all gonna be by james patterson right right he doesn't write them he writes a summary and then yeah (laughs) invites other writers to finish them do you remember that shit i do remember what like absolute power move let's be honest here (laughs) Like, incredible. Uh, That is the absolute definition of work smarter, not harder. 
Totally. Um, so, like, but it's not like that, right? It's not like, you know, looking at, like, Nora Roberts' romances or whatever. And they're fine books. I'm the, Like, I'm not saying anything about any of those books. If that's what you enjoy, that's what you enjoy. But, like, to put them together this particular way and mm-hmm. somehow come to the conclusion that this is, like, sort of an essential list of things to read is absurd. Yeah, it's, like, politically, socially, culturally problematic if this was 52 fucking who did you say nora roberts Mm -hmm. books i would be like get it you know like go ahead i would have less issue with that than these titles Mm -hmm. all smashed together Mm -hmm. and then doing one a week it's impossible like there's no way he's gonna finish there's no way well, and like like my buddy Steve said, he's like, read, it's not a competition. And I was like, yeah, in the summer reading club, it was a competition, but it's not a competition. And it isn't. You don't mm-hmm. read to check off a box. Yeah. Like, especially when you're not reading for school. If you're reading for school, yes, you are kind of checking off a box because you got work to do. But like, you're not reading just for the sake of like saying, oh, I read this book. Totally. And the, the book that I'm actually quite shocked that isn't anywhere near this is Infinite Jest. Oh, wow. I'm actually, like, shocked. Well, I think, I think the, su- you know what the substitute for that is, though. Hmm. Fight Club. Yeah, fair enough. But it's it's shorter, so that maybe is why it makes the list. Because yeah. Infinite Jest is a fucking monster of a book. Um, but I was really surprised that that wasn't there. Just because of the whole quality of the rest of this. It's just yeah. such a weird attempt to be, like... Look what I can do. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm not above that. I read a thousand page novel that was written as a stream of consciousness. Oh my god. I still this still makes me fucking furious. <laughs> but like I read it because I was gonna I was like, oh, that sounds like a fun challenge. And then I just read it. I didn't talk about it. Like I didn't, you know. Well, post... you did on this podcast. <laughs> but I didn't like post my progress and like, you know, I'm going to do a little video. I'm like, no, I just read it and I was like, well, that was a book that I read. Um, would I read it again? I'm not sure. Maybe. It's not. Yes. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, like it's not the best thing I've ever read, but it was an interesting experiment. I've read some other stuff that's like written in some really interesting ways. Like uh, A Girl is a Half-Formed Thing by Emer McBride. Um, it's a really, really hard book to read. It took me four tries to get through it. Because it's written in this weird, like, limited second person um, narrator with, like, there's, and that the, the language that the narrator uses is, like, stilted and stunted and, like, limited vocabulary. It's fascinating, fascinating stuff. Really good book, but it took me a long time to get through. Again, I didn't, like, post it and, like, talk yeah. about it. Um, anyway, I just, yeah, when I saw this list, like, it made me furious. Yep, it made me pretty fucking mad, too. And the problem is, is that... (sighs) Who am I to judge? You know what I mean? Like, I read in the past week two fucking Agent Prendergast novels from fucking Lincoln and Child. You know what I mean? Like absolute garbage stuff but stuff that I enjoyed and I finished and but then again I'm not like hmm 
here's what I'm doing this year. One a week. This is absurd. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely absurd. Mm-hmm. Like, I just finished Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo this weekend. And it is not a very big book. Maybe, I don't know, maybe three, 300, 350. I still had about six hours of reading. Yep. How the fuck does this dude think that he's going to get through Dune uh-huh. in 12? Well, he's well. This is this is the other sort of fallacy, um, in in his or the flaw, I guess, in his. It's like Dune is a four hundred page novel, four hundred and twelve pages. He's assuming that he's going to read at a constant speed of three hundred words per yes. minute. Yes. Yes. I read very fast. I read faster than that. Mm-hmm. I, like I do, and I don't, and I honestly don't read every word. I skim pages, and I've like learned how to like fi- once I get used to the typeface. I've learned how to like basically get rid of like the of in and like all of those kind of words. I just don't even read them. Mm-hmm. But I know for myself that even though I read that fast, he's assuming linear progress from start to finish at a constant speed. I know that there are times when I'm reading something and some of these books are quite complex that I have to go back and reread stuff. Especially Dostoevsky. Yeah. He is the king of mentioning one guy's name once and then 300 pages is that guy comes back and you're like, what the fuck? Who is this? Yeah, and then you gotta, yeah, it's like reading a Marquez novel with it. It's like reading 100 Years of Solitude and everybody has the same name. You're like, well, I don't know who we're talking about right now. Totally. Like, and so I get, I understand, like, I'm, again, I'm not shitting on the idea that this guy wants to read a book a week. I think more people, like, their lives would generally be better if they did things like that. Um, yeah. I don't think that there's any, anything wrong with wanting to read more, but the way that he's sort of positioned himself with this list and then his like tweets about it afterwards were very sanctimonious um, about how he was looking, you know, he was so surprised that it was causing all this controversy and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, shut up. No, you're not. Um, Yeah. You wanted this. You wanted people to get mad about it, to get mad and like, and and sort of give you shit about it. Um, But yeah, like the brothers Karamazov is 800 pages. And again, there's no, there's nothing wrong with reading a bunch. But how do you sit and read an 800-page book that's translated from... I mean, and I mean maybe because he's Russian. Um, maybe he'll read it in Russian. I have no idea. But that's translated from Russian into English. And be able to process mm. all of that in a week. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's really the question. Well, it seems like he has a regular job. Yes, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. I look forward to, like, the mid-March update where he's like, mm, due to unforeseen circumstances, I've had to quit. Um, oh, I think it's going to come before that. Oh, probably. He'll uh, There'll be pretense for a while. And then that'll be the end. I'm like, just... I would, I would say he'll get to, like, on the road. Oh, you think so? You think he'll get that far? I think so. Because those other books aren't hard. To They're February? really not. Yeah, I think he'll get to like February, like mid-February and realize that reading a book a week for the purpose of whatever it is that he's doing isn't going to pan out. What 
I find really interesting is that I think this guy falls into that sort of pseudo-intellectual... I don't want to say pretension because it's not pretension because I think it's false but someone who you know believes that they're he's the new nouveau riche version of an intellectual essentially mm-hmm. and I'm just looking at his podcast and this is what makes me he's you know who he is hmm. you know who this guy is Megan who <sighs> who sucks Megan Tom Buchanan Nope. <laughs> Sorry, I was just in the middle of some Gatsby things. Uh, who sucks? So many people. Who sucks and who fucks, Megan? Do you remember? <laughs> Edward Norton. Edward Norton. <laughs> in Glass Onion, this guy yep. is Edward Norton's character. Look at who he chose to have on his podcast as guests. Oh, Elon I have Musk. Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan, Ben Shapiro, Oliver Stone, Kanye West, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, you're right. That is who this guy is to a T. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. The list. It's a bad list. And his face. It's an absolute bad list. But okay, this brings... So now here's the thing. This is the pushback. Because all these people are like, oh, it's a bad list. It's a bad list. And, and the criticism Now we is, have to make our own fucking Now we've got to make our own list. But I know. Have to I be knew a, you were going to say that. It doesn't have to be a long list. We don't have to go, like, week by week. But let's say... Okay, just hold on. I'm opening a doc. <laughs> okay. That's fine. So I was thinking... Yeah, because we can't, we can't just be like, okay... You know, here's this list. We is gotta terrible. put our money where our mouth is. We do, we do. Hour of this podcast to be us thinking of cool books that we've read one time. <laughs> it's not going to be. It's absolutely not going to be that. Um, I think. Um, I would like to start by putting oh, there as we're really? watching God on it. Yeah. Now. Yeah, I think that's Who's where I would like to begin. Spell? Zora Neale Hurston. Zora. Z-O-R-A. And then Neil N-E-A-L-E. And then Hurston. H-U-R-S-T-O-N. Now, do I think that some of the books on his list should be on ours? Yes. Okay. So do I. That's why, like, they're not bad books. That's the whole, that's the thing. They're not bad. It's just, yeah. altogether, I would say they they're bad. Yeah. Who else from his yeah, list would you that. like to add? Honestly, I would okay. say the Stephen King on writing. I, I would go there. that was a bizarre well. choice I think him. it's really, really good. It is a bizarre choice, but, like, if you're going to talk, I guess, read a bunch of books, you might as well read about writing, and it's a really, really good one. Um, I would say Washington Black. I want to mm. make sure I get this bell yep. right. Okay. okay. Oh, there's somebody cool. Is he a Dugan? That's a good one. Dugan? 
I want to know if you, oh, I wrote it down because I was like, I bet Megan's going to put this on the list because I knew that we were going to get to this point. Oh, no, where did I put it? <laughs> oh, it's in my tabs. Um, I want to know if you want to put the shipping news on this list. Oh, that's a good book. I really love that book. Yeah, you think that could I go? I think that could go. I believe I, think I, I could make it. Pretty I good. believe you I lend can make that a case to for me. It. Possibly. Mm, possibly. I mean, like, I've it was I'll ages ago. I believe I've returned it. I also know what you want to add. Um, yeah, it's the things they carried. Hmm. No. Yes. I mean, can, well, I, here's the thing. I don't think the whole book is all that great, but I do think that the first story is absolutely phenomenal. I guess since you put the yellow wallpaper on, we can. What's the first one? Include. Is it just the things um, they carried? Is, okay, that's two. Yeah, the first one is the things they carried. Two O'Brien. Yeah. O'Brien. Would you like to put any Margaret Lawrence on this list? <laughs> oh, this is why I was like, this is going to be enjoyable to us only and no one I, else. Yeah, it's true. Uh, well, no, and Mike, because he's a librarian. That's sure true. Mike this. is, Mike, um, you're going to fucking nut, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, the Margaret Lawrence, that's a great question. Um, really? Okay. I'm going to say no. Well, yeah, because the problem... So here's the thing. I think mm -hmm. that her short stories are definitely her best work. Um, and I think that her novels are fine. But to me, they don't pack Great. the same kind of punch. But, like, sort of out of respect, I think, for, like, books, I think we have, well, we'll, we'll go with the one short um, story, and then I think we need to maybe not... Or if you have a short story you want to throw on there, go for I it. Do. I do. I think we got to stop. I love short stories. Um, is the things they carry, is that in quotes or italics? If it's the short story, I can't remember. I think it's quotes, right? Yeah. Um, quotes. I'm going to yeah, tentatively put the lamp at noon on here, okay? That's Sinclair. Okay, that's awesome. a good one. Okay, we've got sure seven. Is. Can we take a brief aside on the this list? And can, did I tell you about when I taught my uh, grade twelves when we read um, mm -mm. the Painted Door, also by Sinclair Ross? So I'm gonna spoil a short story, I guess. I'm sorry. I'm sure no one's gonna read it. Um, so at the end of the story, where our main character, where she has cheated on her husband with the neighbor, um, and the neighbor was there to like basically keep an eye on her in the middle of this blizzard while her husband was off at his father's house. She sleeps with him. The story isn't, like, quite explicit about it, and my kids, I don't think, quite picked up the subtext until right at the very end. But the end of the story, she has painted the door uh, and with this white paint, and she sees this, like, smudge of white paint um, on the dead body of her husband, who, like, found her in bed with the neighbor and then, like, walked out the door uh, back into the snowstorm and died. Um, and everyone's like, oh, he was so close to home, he must have got turned around in the storm or whatever. So I'm reading this out loud... And when I got 
to the part where she sees the smudge of white paint on his hand. It's dead silent in my room. And one of the girls is like, oh, shit. <laughs> it was very funny. It was like one of those moments when you're teaching where you're just like, mm-hmm. yes, it's exactly what I want. Lamp at noon this. has that same effect on kids anyway, at the end. They're like, um, wait, what? It does. Yes, yes. Um, you know what book from his list I think is worth reading? Or I think there's a number of them, but what book that is Absolutely. On this list that I, would is the I don't like I do too. I taught I, love it, that book. I think in grade ten. Um what's is it Paolo? Co Colo. Yeah. Colo. I'll fix it later. Um and I don't particularly like ascribe to the spirituality aspect of it, but it's an incredible story novel writing every like the symbol like everything Mm -hmm. it's like it's a good fucking book i used to pair it with a film study of kingdom of heaven because the like physical journey was basically the same um also on this list which i love and i was talking about it with someone else and yeah that That sounds very irish it's so good it will make you it's not. Um, oh, no. It's about a boy and his dog. Oh, uh, I've got one of those on my fucking you. list already, and I'm just like, someone gave it to me, and the dog's name in it is Apollo. And I was like, how could you do this to me? Oh, no. Yeah, no, the that's Where the Red Flame Grows is abs- it's phenomenal, uh, but it will destroy oh, you. Right. No, that's uh, Wilson Rawls. Yeah. God damn it, now i got to look at his list for inspiration, which is bad. I'm like, what books have you ever read, Kelsey? And my mind's like, The Bernstein Bears. Let's look at this really bad list by this one guy. <laughs> um, I know you'll disagree with me, but oh, I would put God of Small Things book. on there. Oh, I love that book so much. God, I hated that book so much. And that's one of the ones I had to read in university, and I just, like, I really, really, really enjoyed it. I'm putting Um, Jane Eyre on here. Oof, yes. That's a good one. Oh, if we want to put, like, a must- I think, I mean, if we're going to put Jane Eyre, sure, good. There should be a Jane Austen on there. Emma. Okay. It's going to be Persuasion. No, Emma's not great. I'm sure you did. I watched the new movie, by the way. Well, it had... Didn't love it. Loved it less than I expected Lizzie it was, than I was going to, it, to be so... honest. But it was... But it's uh, well, visually it stunning. I mean, what's yeah. easier to do than that type of time period in fiction, or in film right now, right? That's Regency, fair. everybody's into That's it. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. What did I just do? I haven't typed in a very long time. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um Okay, we've got we've only got thirteen and it's been seven hours, so it's well it's, it's not been seven hours, minutes. but I understand where you're coming from. Um I also, but I think, I think this is the thing. And I, I, I think this is maybe the point. There are mm-hmm. books that I think everybody should read. 
but I'm not going to get evangelical about it. Do you know what I mean? Like there are books that I will like personally in my own sort of, in my own way, think that like, I think everybody should read this book, but I'm not going to get like too head up about it if they don't, you know, I don't think that that's worth it. However, a book that I have given to basically everybody that I have ever met, uh, is all the light we cannot see. Love that one. I'm um, still really fucking struggling through Cuckoo Cloudland. Um, that was a really, really good book. Like, just a really well-written, well-told story. I also think if we're gonna, like, veer off the fiction track, I yeah. think that in terms of there should be some memoirs that I think are worth reading. I would say Educated by Tara Westover is, Educated? like, required reading. Yeah. Westover? Okay. Westover. Yeah, W-E-S-T-O-V-E-R. Um, it was phenomenal. I could not put it down. I'm putting um, our second, well, I don't know if I'd say second science fiction, but I'm putting The Name of the Wind on here. Patrick Rothfuss. Ooh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Um, I would also say, and like, I don't know very many people who have read books by this guy just because, um, he's got a style that's tough to get into. I would say The River Y by David James Duncan. W-H-Y? List as well. David James Duncan? Yep. Oh man, that's an extremely yeah. white name, Megan. Are you sure? <laughs> it it is a very white name. It the book was phenomenal, just absolutely phenomenal. Like it was just I don't know. It was magic. I can't. I don't know. I can't explain it. That's fantastic, though. I'm trying to find something in my Kindle that I've really liked. Oh, do you want to put Gatsby on there? Yeah. I would love to. Gatsby belongs on all the lists, always. We just read it in my grade 12 class, and let me tell you, we had lots of fun with it. It's fantastic. I, if I'm going to put anybody Russian, oh my god, Little Women. Hmm. Yes. Yes. Are we putting, like, the whole thing, or are we doing, because in, yeah, like, the whole North American publication? Okay. And then I would say as well, what was I just thinking of? I just passed it. Oh, I really like Dracula. By Bram Stoker. Okay, and yeah. if I'm going to put any Russians on there, for me, it's Anna Karenina. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that works for me. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I, either well, either Anna Karenina, War and Peace. I, I think Anna Karenina is a better story. Did a great movie about it, too. Featuring potential new Bond, mm-hmm. Aaron Taylor Johnson. That's true. Also, I, I don't know. Have you ever read The Good Earth? Ringing a bell. It's very, very good. 
It's by Pearl Buck. Pearl S. Buck. It's a very, very. Yeah, it's a very, very good book. Oops, whoops, whoops. Document gone. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> that sounds about right for everything we've ever done on this podcast. Well, that's 21. Let's continue working on this okay. privately. Because and come back we to need it, yeah. to talk about the end of the crown, and we're already at an hour of recording. And yeah, let's talk we about also the crown. need to um, make plans. Yes. So uh, Kelsey texted me about Charles coming to fly uh, business class, and I was like, he should have flown right out of the plane without a parachute. <sighs> Because that's how much he's, he well, sucks so much this season. Just, he sucks a lot regardless, right? Like, he's that's what we know. He sucks. Yes, but this is like. It feels this worse. This just feels because worse. It's so contradictory. And when he has that. He's so conniving. And when he has that little mm-hmm. self indulgent meeting with one prime minister and then another prime minister being like. Don't you agree that my dusty ass mother is so dusty and crusty and we need a young, hot ruler of Britain, essentially is what he's getting at. Someone who didn't live through the war, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and then he has the fucking temerity to be like, but I have to fly business. And not first class to Hong Kong? Give me a fucking break. Here's also Mm -hmm. the question I want to ask you. Because now that we've seen, like, the full scope of what the rise and fall of his and Diana's relationship is, um, I've got two questions for you. Do you think... Okay. Charles and Camilla's sex is any good? And do you think no. they're in love? Yes. Shocking. No, I think they Both are. Both of them I think... are so unlikable. Yeah. I can't believe her oh, husband stayed with her. But they can be unlikable together. Long. He was so, so long-suffering. It seemed like he was totally aware of what was going on. Oh, he absolutely was. I think every, like, this is the thing. In that circle, I don't think that you're unaware. I think everybody knows. So her kids knew? Right? Like, I would imagine, maybe not when they were young, but I would imagine as they got older, I would, I would imagine that nobody tried really to hide it. That's just awful. Um... No, I think, I think that, yeah, I would, I, my guess anyway, is that just because of, because of their, their position in society, ultimately, right? Um, they were well known enough that yes, and like the circles that they ran. And I mean, the fact of the matter is like Camilla and Charles, when, before Charles was married, were close enough that, you know, yeah. were allowed to be close enough to one another. 
so they ran they had to have run in the same sorts of circles so yeah i think that like it was just all part of it i think everybody just you know does whatever they do yeah and everyone just kind of knows really pissed me off is like the end of this season season five they're finally separated finally divorced they've got the They've planted mm-hmm. the seeds for her relationship with Dodie. And the really, I think, if you're gonna, if you're gonna nominate anyone for acting awards this year from this season, it's gonna be the scene of them in the kitchen eating those scrambled eggs. And just seeing exactly yes. the minutiae of their relationship dissolve. Like you can see them both yes. trying at the start and then it really really shook me how carelessly cruel Diana was in that in that scene. Mm-hmm. And she would always reach over to him and be like, but I didn't mean it that way. But I didn't mean it that way. That's not what I meant. That's not what I intended. It's like, at a point, it's like, it doesn't fucking matter what you intended if you're not looking at the product of your actions. And then on the reverse side of that, Charles meant every fucking bad thing that he said. And it was just Mm -hmm. astonishing to watch their casual cruelty to each other. It was just... Yes. Awful. Just awful. But they the two actors were fucking incredible. Yeah, they yeah, they were that scene was, mm-hmm. was great because it started off so well, right? Like and then it just evolved into it was like the it was the sort of the yeah. microscopic glimpse of the entire marriage. Where everything was fine at the beginning and then it just like devolved into this utter just trash. And they were both, they were both so mean mean to each other. other. But like it read, it felt to me like she was mean, almost like in a defensive kind of way. Yes. And he was on the offensive. Right. She was, she was biting back where he was just. And that's what I mean about the casual cruelty coming from her is that she's, she's saying her truth in a very disgusting way. That's. Sure, it can be your truth and you can say it, but that doesn't mean that it's not damaging to others, right? And I thought it was... <laughs> Do you remember how we talked about the first four episodes and how <laughs> my prediction was that Mr. Major needed to fucking sit these people down with a mediator and have a group therapy session and then guess who mm-hmm. mediates the divorce <laughs> the prime minister of Britain mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't believe it but also just imagine being elected the leader of your political party and you become the prime minister and one of your <laughs> one of the things you will be most known for is mediating the divorce of yeah. the not king and his Totally. Wife. However, do I think that Johnny Lee Miller did a fucking stand-up job this season? I do. I stand by that. I he know, really but did. I it stand still by me. it. <laughs> 
it just it was not that he was bad it was just a reminder that we were we're all old. like that's all it is is like Johnny Lee Miller is old enough to convincingly play John Major yeah, I feel like, like you I don't might like as well that. bury me right now I understand that yeah that's not a good feeling to be at <laughs> but yeah no it's not but yeah like the the fact that the prime minister of the country because it had was to that bad the divorce, that's so acrimonious. And, like, it's not like we didn't know yes. that it was bad. Like, of course it was bad. And, like, there's that interview, the of course, one? that she did yeah. while they were separated. Yeah. Where she mm-hmm. says that she, she knows that she'll never be queen. Like, it's just... And yeah. it's so... She's just so resigned to it. And I can't... I know we mentioned this before, but I cannot help but feel that if they had just, like, not made mm-hmm. her marry someone 13 years older than her, who was very much in love with someone totally. else. I, maybe I mean, maybe in love with someone else. Totally in love with someone else. I was also really sad for her that her relationship with Dr. Khan didn't work out. Yeah, and it was really I'd nice so to normal. see her, like, pursue someone in a way that was, like, it seemed to come from a place of earnestness, of, like, this man's mm-hmm. seems kind. The way that he handled my friend's husband's surgery seemed to be from a place of care and empathy. And, like, that's, you know, a total mm-hmm. gap of what she's missing in her life at that moment. And it seemed like it would have been something really special. And that's so sad that that did not work out. Yeah. Well, it is, and and I think, um, and I think the fact that he like yes, I mean he's a like he was a doctor, sure, but yes. he's not part of that social circle, and I think that was, I think that was very, very totally. important a, as a ultimately. way for them to be drawn together, but also not work out right. Like, there's yeah. the thing that we're was hinted at at the end of this season and we're for sure going to see next season that even though you're not in this in the institution anymore the institution doesn't want to let go of you and won't right like she can't just disappear into obscurity mm-hmm. now she's still the mother of the future king of england she's still you know the princess of the people mm-hmm. she's still being chased on motorcycles through yes and and Everyone still loves and her. And everybody still loved her. So it's... Which made... This is what I was getting to about Camilla. I just forgot. Made me really fucking mad when she's on the phone complaining about how there's drive... Or there's photographers at the end of her lane. And at the end of her driveway. Mm-hmm. And Charles is like, well, I can protect you from that. It's like, no, you fucking can't. You aren't Mm -hmm. doing it for anybody in your life right now. And guess what? You're not going to do it for your fucking youngest son. Oh, Oh, Megan. So I still haven't watched any of the documentary. I know. I'll get it. I'll get around to it before I go back to work. But I've obviously there's stuff like he's going to be on 60 minutes on Sunday and and whatever. And like just everything that I've heard, they all just sound like such terrible people. And you don't, I don't think. You realize 
how bad it was until you hear them talking in that documentary so candidly about it and I have to like really give it up for them because they are risking like a lot in terms of the public perception of them and like damaging people around them to be like this is the truth of our story and we want to have some control over that and we're going to drop some bombs along the way so like buckle up but also this is reflection on everybody in this story including us that every single word we say we have thought over because each one of Mm -hmm. these actions is going to have like devastating consequences and it seems like the other side doesn't give a fuck about that and so there's there's certain things in that documentary that they are still i don't know if it's going to show up in harry's book but they're definitely like keeping extremely close to the chest because they know that it would shatter things a bit too much but yeah it's Mm -hmm. at the end of it you don't say like wow what you know what dicks the royal family are you certainly feel that way but what you feel mostly is like fuck thank god they had each other through this no kidding well and that's the thing right where when he talks about just like when i what the stuff that i've heard and, and a little bit that i've read where he's just like that they couldn't like ultimately and I, I guess this is maybe the thing that's surprising is that not only you know were they being treated so poorly but like he had no reason yes. to expect that that was what was going to happen based on like how things have tip had typically gone like with his brother and all of that sort of thing but like by being yeah. not the heir to the throne yeah and gave people a little bit of more leeway to say things that weren't true or to target them in other ways where you know other people were seen as untouchable and he talks a lot about how they essentially have these like backdoor deals with the i wanted to say white house that's not right (laughs) the palace and the newspapers of being like okay you don't run this story but we'll give you a little bit gossip about so and so and you can run this instead because it's less damaging so there's like give and take and it seemed like right. they were always the brunt of what those give and take stories would be. And there's a lot there's a lot of social mm-hmm. commentary and they've got really good interviews with writers and researchers and historians and social historians about the impact of Megan on and like what her racial background is and what her class background is like onto the British public. It's really fascinating. It's not just about like, he sent me this mean email. And then the next day, I woke up to a mean article. It's about, oh, shit, this is rooted in some very, very deep stuff that is not going to change with us too. And we can do our best, but we have to get the fuck out so that Mm -hmm. people straight up don't kill us. Yeah, well, and that's, and that's just it, right? Like the whole, the, 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 there's so much of what has gone on that I wonder that if Megan was yeah, white, that's definitely a conversation so in the documentary, and I highly recommend it. Yeah, I'll. Uh, it's in the Netflix is like you should watch this. Movie. I know I should, but I'm gonna watch more <laughs> of The Office because that's where my brain's at right now. Did you Eventually, also find this season of The Crown just like so boring? 
Yes, and it wasn't helped by the like the lighting so and the coloring drab. of the episodes. Like everything was so drab yes. and bleak and grim and Totally. And even the shenanigans and the intrigue of her like doing the secret book and doing like setting up all this stuff and how she was manipulated for the panorama interview and like all that I just found myself being like who cares you know it was so hard to find anyone to root for this season except for Margaret (laughs) although I did once after they got to the Oh yes, that and that was yes. that was all sad. That was, I think, too, one of the best episodes um, was Annis Horribilis or whatever that episode. Yes. Um, the one thing that I did after I watched the bit about the panorama interview and stuff, I read up on Martin Bashir again because I was like, mm-hmm. mm, I something's not right about this, and I couldn't remember what it was, and I was like, oh right, 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 right. And yep. I was like, all of this was false pretenses. Um, which is, like, just the absolute worst thing. But now, knowing that, like, like maybe, who knows, maybe the palace, like, made it happen. That's you the know? thing. Like, and what makes no me... What makes me a little bit let down by this show is that I think that throughout... Throughout the show, they've tried... And we talked about this before, but they've tried to generate a certain aspect of sympathy and empathy for these larger than life people right like i don't think peter morgan hates the monarchy but but what is challenging once you get closer to the modern day is how we talked about that weird experience of like we lived through these things now and it's hard to eliminate people's perceptions of these huge events in our brains because we lived through them it's very different to be like oh my gosh philip wants to put tv broadcasting of the coronation unheard of we can't let it happen you know what i mean whereas Mm -hmm. now it's like holy shit who is doing this deep manipulation like Somebody clearly ransacked through that author's house and tried to find manuscripts. You know, it was broken into. Like, there's there's certain yeah. things in there where it's like, okay, what the fuck is actually happening? And we do know that Charles and Camilla's conversations were listened to. So it's hard not to be like, yeah. did they actually kill Diana? You know what I mean? Like, when there's so many of those mm-hmm. factual... Mm-hmm backdoor dealings littered in amongst them it's hard to be like you know what who's to say they didn't yeah no absolutely and i just like i wonder i wonder how much of that is like you know the the sort of the the totally. is that role like, she not work absolutely that we'll and never that's, know i about. think what like Harry and Charles and Diana talk about the institution. That's what they mean. Like the audacity to hide a newspaper from the queen. And that is done with the approval of people who think that they have some sort of power over the queen. I was like, holy shit. How are those people not fired immediately? 
How dare you? She's not a fucking marshmallow. Right. You know, she's seen some shit. She's been through some shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think mm-hmm. she can't handle a poll about how the and, public like, likes her And, like, deserves to know the things. Exactly. Oh, I think she could have handled it just fine. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is, I think it's interesting that this has come out, yes. like, while this latest season of The Crown, you know, was released as well. Like, not, 100%, like, not what it right? was right? Like, just, just after you've had, like, people have the time to watch The Crown, you, like, drop three episodes and then three episodes of Harry and Meghan. Like, it's very smart. I, all the props to them. Yeah. But... Like, considering all this shit, do I think, like, Dodie's dad does <laughs> that MI5 killed Diana? No. <laughs> no. I think that's a bit too crazy. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know if no. they were necessarily did, blameless either, right? Did like, everybody do their job that's to all part of it. protect her? Absolutely not, right? Like, there's... There's there's fault, but it lies elsewhere. I also got very scared when she went to the restaurant with Mr. Al-Fayed and they had <laughs> the fucking cojones to do a shot of her looking through the back windscreen while they're chased through the street by photographers on motorcycles. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my god. Yes. It's like Spike Lee like, directed that shit. moment. There was zero subtext. I was like, no, it's not it's now. <laughs> it's not now. It can't be now. No, no, no. So I'm curious to know that yes. so the season six is going to be the yes. last one, right? They're not going to do any more after that. So I'm curious to know how far past her death they go. Because, like, this is 1997, yeah, she, right? At the end of this season. I looked it up. And she's just invited... She's just invited, been invited to and go. And that's in July, uh, and she does in August. Right? So I think it's quite soon. Yeah. Like I'm saying, not even halfway through the season. I think they're they're doing it. She'll yeah. But I'm curious to know then how like where what the end oh, point man. is. Going I to imagine be. it's going to be like turn of the century. You know, like. Yeah, or maybe, death yeah, of the something Queen in there, Mother, which I think what two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand one, something like that, two thousand two, yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, fucking yeah, Google yeah. it. But yeah, I'll just be. It'll be just curious to know. Um, I'm just curious to know, like, what yeah. their what their that was two thousand two. I also. I also found, like, I understand why, but I also found, like, the whole storyline about the fucking yacht <laughs> yes, just totally. absolutely insufferable. Like, like it was worse. It was, like, Charles Flying Business Class is just, like, emblematic of why that, that yeah. part of the story I, was just insufferable. See, if I were to project an endpoint, I think it's going to be because Margaret died before the Queen Mother did. So, yeah, I just looked. It was seven weeks before. So they, I bet it's trying to end on, like, the queen being, you know, this stalwart symbol of stability who stiff upper lip, 
goes on. She continues her engagements, yada, 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 yada. They'll find some sort of, like, big Mm -hmm. thing to end it on like that in reflection of there's going to be a shitload of deaths next season. Is what I expect. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's probably fair. Because, yeah, like, Diana's going to... I would say, like, maybe episode three will be the end of that. I think three is probably stretching it. Because I don't know... I don't know, like, what else happened in that time frame. Right? Because I just remember all of the attention was on, like, Diana being... Like, dating somebody. You know, on this yacht. On the French Riviera. Yes. And, like, I I imagine it'll just be, like... Um... I imagine the, as it has been throughout this, is just the public, and by extension the press, is just absolute voracious hunger for content Mm -hmm. regarding her life, whether it be real or fabricated. So I'm sure it's just going to be that continued hounding of her and the struggle with that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then it'll be, I don't know, that Uh that sort of aftermath, though, because, like, I feel like, and again, this is the thing, I feel like remembering having lived through it, I feel like the death of Diana just, like, sort of put an absolute pall over everything. Because I remember, and I've read since then or whatever, about the question about whether she should get us have a state funeral or not. Um because she was right no longer technically part of the royal family like she was yes the mother to the future king but like technically no longer part of the royal family so like should she have a state funeral and it was this whole and then they decided she had to because if she didn't that it would just be Uh yes because they loved her so much Uh but that's one of the reasons why they didn't want to because of her own popularity. So it'd be interesting to see how they kind of deal with some of the, like, I would actually be fascinated to see like what their take on totally. those discussions were. Yeah. I'm yeah. Very interested to see it. How do you feel about, Oh, it's hard to phrase this in a way that's not mean. You know, what? I'll go with a different question then. How do you feel about the actress playing king, queen, not king, king consort, etc. this season? The ma- let's say the major five. Um, like Elizabeth, Philip. Dominic West is too old. Charles, Diana, and Camilla. There's, yeah... Dominic West has the mannerisms that you would expect, which I think are phenomenal, yeah. but uh, just the he's look isn't handsome. there for me. But he, but he's, he's got, yeah, he's got, yeah, he doesn't look <laughs> inbred enough. Um, but he's got, well, they are all inbred. Like, but like, but he's got, he's got the mannerisms and he's got that, yes. that pinched voice that, you hear, and I think that that, like, I can ignore, ultimately I can ignore the appearance because of that. Uh, Elizabeth Debicki is, She's disappeared like, into on. it. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. 
Um, John, as we've talked about, Johnny Lee Miller is great too. Um, it's just, it's such a weird thing. I think, so I don't have the same Harry Potter thing that other people have because I don't really like the Harry Potter stuff. So to me, it doesn't bother me to see uh, Imelda Stoughton playing the queen. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have that weird disconnect. Um, I think she's great. I think she's got, I think she has yeah. the sort of physicality to do it. Um, and because of her age, right, which I think obviously, and I, I like that they've just been recasting every two seasons rather than trying to age people up or whatever. But because of her age, I just, I think that she's just got that sort of ability to carry herself in such a way. It would be like if they went further along and then Helen yeah. Mann did it, it would be the same thing. Right. And I, so I think that she's been very, very good. She's got that stoic mm -hmm. look on her face basically whenever she needs to have it um, in the way that I think Claire Foy yes, embodied the best. totally. I'm not a huge Me fan either. of Jonathan Although Price. I did, I was really moved by his performance in the second episode when he was connecting with his godson's wife. Like, that, other than his, yes. like, I don't know, fucking platonic affair he's having with her. Whatever the fuck that is. That's a whole mm -hmm. thing. That's a weird thing. Which, that scene, that conversation Dynamite. between the two of them. Like, between... Yeah. Yeah, between the queen so and good. Philip. So good. Phenomenal. But I thought that his... Just incredible. I thought his portrayal was quite good um, in those sections i didn't he he didn't play a huge as much yes. of a huge role this season but i felt like at times he was the most sensitive out of all of them which is not what i expected um but yeah i like imelda i think she's done a great job i really really love what the makeup department did with her hair this season and with those glasses it was just so funny mm -hmm. it's just so funny be like yep that's 1994 right there <laughs> you know <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I also think that the lady that's she playing Camilla is, is very good. She is in a um, distasteful way because <laughs> I don't know much about her, but yes, yeah, like Camilla is so unlikable. Whereas in the earlier seasons, no, I didn't and that's her because I think what's her? It's not Fern Cotton. Who am I thinking of? Because she did. You're thinking of um, emeralds, is or it Fern? yeah. Something firm. No, 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 no. The one who's who playing played her, now? her last season, who did the. She won Best Screenplay for the movie with What's Her Nuts. You know, yeah, yeah. this enjoyable podcast that you listen to where we can't remember book <laughs> titles and people's names. Yeah. The... Emerald thing. <laughs> Emerald Fennell. Um, I thought she was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. She was. But I she really had... liked her. Yes. But I think that this lady is is very good too yes. because and Camilla's i think so that unlikable. was the problem with previous seasons is that she was too charismatic she was too likable and now we're just like oh, okay mm -hmm. i mean their disgusting conversations certainly helped with that but mm -hmm. but like they're disgusting but also at the same time like so tame 
like do you know what I mean and I under I know that the like the stuff is out there and I know that like the tapes and the transcripts and whatever but like and I know why it's scandalous because of who he is but like those conversations that they had that like the parts that they decided to film were like fairly I don't want to say innocuous but they were fairly tame all things considered sure but but like but contextually I, I like I'm not saying that this wasn't a scandal because of course it was but like there were a I lot know, of things they I'm could just have said about as a woman okay Megan <laughs> imagine yourself as a woman <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pretend that that's uh yeah okay why is that tickling me so much I don't know but if someone who I loved and was sexually attracted to and vice versa, said to me, I wish I could be with you all the time inside you like a tampon, I would be like, the fuck you said? Yes, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's gross, but, like, it's also not as filthy as it could have been. But, like, because of who they are, because of the context of the conversation... That didn't really matter, but I just think it's funny that like Hell that's what to. people. Yeah, it's like oh, you know you're, what I mean. You're a modern man in touch with the people. Yeah. <laughs> you know the word for tampex. Great job, Charles. Yes. Right. Yes. Exactly. Come exactly. That's kind of Kensington yeah. That's with your that's kind of. I'll have it freshly <laughs> stocked. <laughs> oh, gross. But, like, also, I, I, the other thing that I think is really funny about that is that it was very much caught by accident. I know, and it's like, what else were you fucking saying over the phone, you creepo? You know, it's like, and she's mm-hmm. having, like, game night on the holidays with her family. Leave her alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, her poor husband, though. That was, that was quite sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was a very that was also very well done, that bit there, like just that like that very very thinly veiled. Yeah, contempt. and when they're watching the interview and he just stands up from the couch and leaves, and then she's in an empty house. Next scene. Whoo. Yeah. Yeah. Like just very very well done. Um. Yeah, it's I'm I'm curious to know where like what the trajectory is going to be and how much the death of Diana sort of. Like shrouds I mean, the I'm whole sure next it'll be season. Yeah, because then also like as the kids are growing up and and whatnot, like I think there's that, that too that'll be interesting to see, sort of like how they yeah. respond to things, because like they were old enough when their mother no. died, like it's not like they were babies, right? Yeah. Like they were what twelve Something and fourteen, like so old enough to like be able to, um. Be able Absolutely. to like, internalize and, like, this. Yeah, you gotta watch that documentary because Harry certainly did. Harry certainly did. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to read his book. Um. Also, it, I think it'll be interesting. I've read also that Megan has a that memoir be coming good. out too. So I'm very good. interested to read it. Also, if William would like to write a book, I would also read that. Would love to know what he thinks of all this. I th- well, I mean, according to, you know, the sources, whatever they happen to be, um, 
Oh, no, 100% He's not. not but it's like, I don't want it to be perceived that I'm like, everything Team Harry says is 100%. You know, like, I think they as a family and they have brothers right. have been, been through pretty, pretty astounding shit. And I would be fascinated to to read a memoir from both of them to see how they both have either like had these experiences in their minds overlap or like totally diverge you know what i mean right yeah yeah and to see like sort of how their dis the time and distance has treated them absolutely um, differently you know because i think like at the end of the day like i mean there's all this expectation on on William that isn't on Harry anymore. And ultimately, as, as soon as William had a child, all of that yes, expectation totally. for Harry was gone. Because as soon as there's somebody in line, then you don't have to, like, there's no pressure. Mm -hmm. He's never going to sit on the throne. And is able to then sort of live the life mm -hmm. slightly quieter, maybe. Um, yeah. Which is all he it's tried to do, it seems. Do. I digress. Um, we digress. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Crown Season 5. I'm going to give it... Um, 4.2... I'm trying to think of like a metric to measure it by that isn't Crowns? just absolutely grotesque. Um, well, no, that's like... Or that's is that the grotesque easy. one? Um... Uh, 4.2 pounds of scrambled oh, eggs out of 5. Not 4.2 royal yachts? No, I think the or scrambled eggs rides? were more emblematic. <laughs> oh, carriage rides, that's true. That's a good... How do you do... How do you do point two of a carriage ride, though? You can that's do point true. two of a pan of eggs. That's true. Um, I didn't think Quite easily. <laughs> like, point two of, point two of a yacht, <laughs> it is sunk. Unless it's uh, from the so top. So that's the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah um do you have anything um, else you read about? a really good book over the weekend cried in a starbies seven husbands of evelyn hugo i know i'm like a year behind on everyone's love for it but it truly lived up to expectations high recommend um i finished lady chatterley's lover I've read the book. I have not watched the... the obviously, that's the thing we're going to yes, figure out how I to watch together. I remember reading the book in university and forgot most of it. There were certain things that I did remember. And what really made me mad... <laughs> I guess we can talk about this as we watch the movie, maybe. Um, but... D.H. Lawrence thinks that sexual desire lives in your bowels. And that really bugged oh. me. Over and over and over and over. It's like... Okay. The phrase that is emblematic, I think, is her stirrings for him resonated deep within her, in her bowel. Like, that sort of shit. 
Like normally when something is resonating deep with Yeah, your that's bowels, what I was that worried was going to postpone our like <laughs> conversation this evening. Um yeah, I really to try to lose lover in university as well. It's been quite some time. Like it's been easily what year are we? 2023. It's been 18? easily 19 years, yeah. Like 18 or 19 years since I've read it. Um but so and I I have a copy of it, so I'll read it again before we watch. Um which then it's annoying that this is the one that was made into a movie because oh, I really, really like Sons and Lovers. But I mean Much you can understand one, why. Anyway, yeah, that's okay. Um Yeah. Well, fair enough. Um, yeah, no, this one makes much better, obviously much better, much more marketable television, yep. I would say. Um, and so that's fine. So I'll, yeah, I read it like, yeah, it's been like 18 or 19 years since I've read, since I've read it. So I will add that to my reread list before we get around to watching it. Um, but that being said, I watched, what did I watch? I know we talked about me watching. Did we talk about me watching the recruit or do we just via talk text? About it on but I have to let you know, I can text. barely hear you right now. Yeah, it sounds like you're talking really? through a computer. Are you talking through? Oh well, I promise then. It's like you're glitching like not. every second. It really sucks. <laughs> oh. oh, that might just be <laughs> my headphones. Um, that might just be my headphones. Yeah. Um, yeah, I watched the recruit on Netflix. It was eight episodes, and it's like a CIA thing, and uh, Peter Kavinsky's in it, and he plays a CIA lawyer, not an agent, which mm-hmm. I think was an interesting twist and he's like basically like brand new on the job looking into cold cases and finds a lead on something oh and God, it's eight fun. episodes That's, and it was i expected well it was just gonna be some jack ryan shit no it was i mean like he does some jack he's ryan shit jack but ryan. he's not an agent he's not trained for that that's not part of it, anything he just like happens to be in like relatively good shape so he can like get out of some jams but that's about it okay well now that i'm done the crown and I've read yeah. one of my 28 books I need to read this year. Maybe I will treat myself with a, the recruit watching. It, yeah, it's very mindless. Love that. Um, very Love enjoyable. that. Also, very quickly before we go, oh, we both yes. watched Glass Onion. <laughs> which, we don't have to talk a lot about it, but I did see somebody on Twitter suggest that the next one that they make, because you know how this one is like Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery? Whatever the next one, they think it should be called like something, something, a Glass Onion Mystery. And just like keep going down the rabbit hole and just make them Well, forever. I mean, Ryan like, Johnson's fucking really genius. fucking mad about how it had to be called a Knives Out Mystery, so maybe this will be a fun, petty way yes. for him to get his, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I thought Dave Bautista was fun. Um, all of the characters are just caricatures, yeah. which is the best part, I think. Um, it was very entertaining. I didn't really figure it out until the reveal, which is kind of what I like. Yeah, so. it just okay. was a bit like Knives Out, I think about a half hour too long. Like, it took 45 minutes yes. for it to set up what the fuck all these people were doing there. And I was just like, get to it, you know? But I enjoy Daniel Craig in this role. It's very comic. It's mm-hmm. very sort of out of our expectation for him. And I liked 
I like the twist where it's like, oh, okay, you get, you, you flash back and you see what he's been doing the whole time. Um, I don't want to give anything away, but Mm -hmm. yeah, just fuck Ed Norton. (laughs) I just, I just can't deal with him. Can't deal with his face. I can't deal with his voice. It's, it sucks. He was perfectly but cast. But he was perfectly I cast. Can't fucking deal with him. <laughs> no, no, that's totally fair. But no, he was just like that was the perfect casting for that role because yes. everything about him is like patently unlikable. Um which is another reason one of the things that I really dislike about Fight Club is I don't really like him. Yeah. Also, you're not supposed to which I mean, I guess is the issue with this one too. No, but I just like his face his face is bothersome and whatever it annoys me um but yeah it's uh i I thought i thought for all of the criticism i saw of glass onion online i thought it was very misplaced um other than criticisms about the length and it it, it, at moments it like tries to like be smarter than it is but like generally speaking if you went into it expecting like something relatively fun and that's what you got like how can you be mad about that compared to what knives out was like it very much is a film in that same oeuvre right like it, I think it yes. delivered on its promise. Yeah. However, like, I watched it with family, and I think we laughed, like, twice. I watched it with a couple friends, and we laughed more than that, but there were moments yeah. where I was and like, And there oh, were moments really where, like, slow. okay, they and think this is, really is going to be funny, but it's actually just, like, get on with it. So... Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting look at <laughs> people coping during the pandemic, uh, which I thought was really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed Kate Hutchins' mask. mask. Yeah. Her Lana Del Rey mesh yes, mask. Yes, I thought that was very funny. Um, there's a... Yeah. I don't, did you send it to me on Insta? There's Somebody did this like deep dive of how the characters' masks reveal their, like, inner desires and motivations and yada, yada, yada. I don't know. I saw it. I don't know if I I sent it to you, but I definitely saw it. That I thought was really clever. But sometimes I think Ryan Johnson thinks he needs to be more clever when really it's just like, let's get to it. You know what I mean? But whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he'd made the best Star Wars movie that's ever been made, and, uh, other than maybe Rogue One, and then he can just keep making movies, and it's great. All right. And people are going to keep being mad about Ryan Johnson making movies. And, like, they can be mad about it all they want. And we can be mad about reading lists all we want. (laughs) Because we're right. (laughs) Well, we've got 21. We got twenty. We will add to a list and we'll post yes. it somewhere where people can. When see we it. finish it in twenty twenty seven. Oh my god! In twenty twenty seven. Good times. That was very unscripted. I good times, Megan. As if the three people still listening to mm-hmm. this can't tell that we never know what's going on. Um, well, that's sure all we is. have, I think, for this week. 
I did see a BuzzFeed quiz, which cracked me up. Um, I'll find it, and maybe we'll just post it. It was basically, like, cast oh. the next Knives Out movie. And we'll, I can't remember what, like, the we'll tell you whatever, but it was just, like, they're like, we need Paul Rudd in a Knives Out movie. But then they picked Paul Rudd to be, like, one of the options for the victim. And I was like, no, absolutely, he needs to be the murderer. That would be the Well, also, that's going to be the um, next season of Only Murders in, in the Building is Paul Rudd is the guy who gets murdered. So that's already happening. Oh, well, then, okay, well, then he yeah. can't be also Sorry, the victim been done. in the new Knives Out. But can you imagine? No. Can you imagine Paul Rudd exactly. as the murderer? <laughs> I think, I think, exactly. I think, like, even what's-his-face, Benoit Blanc wouldn't be able to solve it. No. Just be like, well, that's Paul Rudd. Rudd. Have you seen him dance on Fallon? Exactly. I think it, I think it'd be even funnier if Paul Rudd played Paul 100%, Rudd. percent yeah. And not a character. Like, if everybody else was a character and Paul Rudd was He's Paul just Rudd, like, hey, I'm on this funny. cruise with my family. What are you guys up to? <sighs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> but there's, like, 19 <laughs> people dead and it's all Paul Rudd. <laughs> it's all his fault. There. Done deal. <laughs> Ryan Johnson, call us. We've got ideas. Um... Yeah, that's all we've got, I think, for you. Yes, my thing around. says I only have space remaining for six minutes, so we better wrap this up. <laughs> Holy shit. We better wrap this shit up. Um, you can find our things on the internet on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever else you find podcasts. Probably not really. Mm-hmm. But those are the only ones that really matter. There's an Can't Instagram. Wait to find a good picture and a website. for this one. Um, probably be tampons. And as always, <laughs> I saw a, vid- a video on Instagram, a reel on Instagram, some kid decorated purple, their Christmas tree yeah. with tampons because they were purple. And I thought that was very funny. Um, yeah, so that's all we have for you this week. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>